Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Another gorgeous day. Just a beautiful day. Great day for just about anything. But it is game day. It is a... Uh, it, it a huge game on tap tonight over at Neville Arena as Auburn hosting Alabama in a battle for first place in the SEC. The Tide coming in eight and one. Auburn seven and two. South Carolina wins last night. They're eight and two. So if Auburn wins, it would be a three-way tie for first place in the SEC. Of course, Alabama knocked off Auburn in Tuscaloosa, 79-75, and Auburn looking to get some revenge. Auburn also looking to uh, uh, pull the first split in this series in the last four years. Over the last three years, Alabama has swept Auburn twice. Auburn swept Alabama once, and Alabama hoping to make it three out of four years that they sweep Auburn. So 6 o'clock tip, 5.30 is the airtime over on uh, 94.3, uh, Wings, 94.3, and uh, uh, Andy Burcham, Sonny Smith, Brad Law with uh, all the descriptions of the ball game in front of a packed house at Neville Arena. It's Wednesday. Uh, it's Bill and and yes, once again, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Don, thanks again. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Oh, it's great having you in here. I mean, Dan is uh, traveling the entire South as he was in Louisiana, Mississippi last week. Uh, he's going to be in Virginia and Ohio this week, and obviously there's stops in between. There are places they'll be traveling to. They're at Old Dominion and then Bowling Green before he will be back next Monday. So Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with me. Drew's at the controls. Wednesdays uh, means hour number one, our our regular – he's not a guest. He's, he's our um, extra host usually here in hour number one on the Wednesday drive. And that, of course – Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover, part of the 24-7 Network, who is, if he's not already at the arena, he will be headed that way shortly. Jason, how you doing today? Yeah, I was uh, on my way there. Uh, I had to stop at the house real quick, and uh, about the time I did, I got the word that, uh, that Auburn made his defensive line higher. And so that, that has slowed me down a few, so I'm on my way there now. But Auburn has hired uh, Vontrell King-Williams. He'll get a promotion moving up from that assistant defensive line coach to uh, to be the guy on the field now for the Tigers. and I've really been impressed by him. You know, When I've been around him, I think the players really enjoy him. and I think, I think it's a good move uh, to have that, that next up-and-coming guy uh, step into that role. So I think, I think Montreal is a guy that, uh, that is going to do a really good job. Yeah, he is a guy that um, he, a, a lot of the defensive line recruits uh, have talked about and obviously very popular with the current defensive lineman at Auburn. He'd come with Jeremy Garrett. He had been with uh, with with Jeremy at uh, at Liberty before coming to Auburn. He'd been, I, I think he was, I guess he was the defensive line coach, wasn't he, at Eastern Michigan before he headed over to Liberty? He was. He was at Eastern Michigan for a couple of years as a 
as a grad assistant with the Liberty as kind of that defensive analyst, as a, kind of that assistant defensive line coach along with Jeremy Garrett. Went to Eastern Michigan on his own for a year and then came back to be with Garrett, um, you know, at Auburn last season as that assistant defensive line coach. So, honestly, probably follows in much the same role that Jeremy Garrett right. had. You know, like had a couple of years on the field and now you get your shot. And I think there's something to be said for that 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 hungry approach for a guy that's kind of had to fight. I mean, he has, he's had to kind of crawl his way up the coaching ladder. And, and Don, that's, that's the way it used to be. Everybody had to kind of follow that path. And um, and he is one of those guys that has done that. And I think I think another part of this is continuity. I, I think I think now in this day and age, that's vitally important when you start talking about getting ready for spring practice and being familiar with these guys and having somebody. You know, if you think they can get the job done, then well, if you have that continuity of somebody that everybody's familiar with, it, I think it makes it even easier. Yeah, Jason, uh, I agree with you 100. percent I'm excited about this. I think it's a great move, and I'm happy Coach Freeze did this. You know, I always cheer for those younger guys that, like you said, are paying their dues. It would have been easy to go out and get a big-name guy, but apparently this kid has proved himself. Uh, He's familiar with what's going on. Coach Freeze is familiar with him, comfortable with him. The players love him. I think it's a great, great hire. You know, I I, I do too. I think it too, and I, I think about it. You think about it in NFL terms, where you start going, man. They kind of just keep hiring the same guys right, over and over right. again. And yeah, I mean that that has its positives when you start talking about the experience of you know those guys and getting the job done. And um, but I think there's something to be said for for having the guy that goes, hey, I, I've kind of been waiting for this one for a long time, and and how much you can put into that. I think it's a big deal. And so, um, yeah, I love it when when guys get that opportunity to step up and, and kind of fill that role. Now, he's a uh, he's a young man who um, uh, there are a couple there are a couple of great pieces out there that you can check uh, on on the uh, you know on the internet a couple of on a couple of sites they put up a couple of pieces from his stops along the way. One of those was uh, a little feature on him when he was at UTSA. He started his career, Don. He's he's from Chicago, okay, uh, and he started his career. He was uh, he, he was a pretty highly touted defensive lineman coming out of high school. Signed with Illinois, had some injuries. He went to Butler okay. Community College. Oh yeah, and then from there to uh, UTSA, and has been working his way up there. I mean, uh, a young, energetic coach. That uh, again, you know, he's he's a guy. One of the guys that. Uh, uh, was mentioned when you hear the behind-the-scenes things. Um, Jason, I know that uh, I, I think it was 24-7 that had uh, had a story about some of the behind-the-scenes guys, and they mentioned Trevon Reed and Vontrell as as two guys that, that were always being mentioned by recruits uh, at, at Auburn. Yeah, I think you look at, at Vontrell, and, and you know, him and, and Jeremy Garrett were, were kind of – I mean, there weren't a count of two, but those guys were, were brothers, and – you know, they they recruited together. Um, they were coaching together. I mean, you know, it's a guy that had had an opportunity to go out and, and, and help out, do some things. So he's these guys are very familiar with him already. But yeah, I think from the recruiting standpoint, Jeremy Garrett. I, you know, and I, I put a quote in from uh, from him from the fall that that I remembered, and I went back and found. But he's talking about how this guy's a recruiter and a football coach, and and that's kind of that perfect combination. And, and Jeremy had. I mean, nothing but, but glowing terms to talk about Vontrell, and that's why he wanted him to come. And 
when they started this journey. And to see him be able to pass the torch to a guy that he, he respected and believes in, um, that makes it even even better in my opinion. And he's he's one of those guys that uh, uh, one one of that select few that got an opportunity to uh, uh, to to have that coaching internship with the NFL in the off season before last year. Yeah, no, he is. He that it shows you that there's some people out there that really respect the job he's done and and that up and coming approach that he's had. And and I again, I think everybody has to evolve and kind of figure out who they are and what they are as coaches. And I think that Hugh Freeze, in after year one and making the move back to the Southeastern Conference, I think he's figured out that one of the things he wants to do is have people on the on this staff that he knows and trusts. And we've seen that in, in you know, it's always been a part of it. It's harder to do now than ever before because there's so much movement. But Don, I remember you guys coming from Ole Miss, and it was yep. a group of guys that the. The core group of you guys stuck together a long time. And I think about Gus Malzahn and his people that he's worked with, he's, he knows and familiar with. I think, think you Freeze, after year one, said, look, I, I've got to surround myself with people that I know, that know what I expect, that know what I want. And I think that's a big part of things now, and I think it's something that Montreal brings to the table. Yeah, no doubt, Jason. I, I agree, and I'm, I am so fired up about this because I, I kind of like that that guy that starts at the bottom, mm-hmm. not kind of, I do, because I've been yep. there. Works yep. and earns yes. his way. And then nobody gives it to him. His dad wasn't the head coach, blah, blah, blah. And I'm excited for this young man. I'm anxious to meet him. I'm going to have to get over there this spring and watch him. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jason, uh, another factor, I mean, uh, we, we talked about the current players really liking him. Auburn, Auburn ha- early on, has uh, the the start to a very good class for next year, including defensive linemen, and uh, I think this absolutely helps that because they're already familiar with Vontrell. Yeah, you don't have to start building relationships from scratch. I think that's one of the things you're already there, uh, familiar with each other, and uh, I think you get to kind of move forward. Obviously, some changes a little bit here or there when you, when you lose one coach, but I think it's a big deal to be able to keep those guys and to keep them understanding what they're doing, and uh, and you know, you're when you don't have to start over. Um, you know, in, in years past, and you know, in 2000, you're you you know you're you've started recruiting 25 guys right now, but it's not that deep into it. Now you're you're oh yeah, you're you really, better be pretty yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah, you're really deep into it now. <laughs> you I'm better sure. be. Yes, and and so I think that's the case. Now you go, you don't have to you don't have to back up. You're moving forward. And I think that's something that's really important. Yeah, and I guarantee you this young man has done a lot of the grunt work like we talked about. He knows what's going on. He knows the players. He knows what Coach Freeze wants. He he knows how to work, and that's the bottom line because he's, he's started at the bottom, and I'm proud of this young man. Talking with Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. And, and the other thing, um, just just one more one more thought there, not specifically so much about Vontrell King-Williams, but <clears throat> Hugh Freeze really has shown a track record of spotting young, talented coaches, uh, you know, in, in his in his time as a head coach, Jason. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's a trademark of, of, you know, going back and, and, you know, how do you want to surround yourself? Um, and, and what are you looking for? What's important? Um, development's obviously important. 
uh, personality, all the things that come along with, with being able to coach at this level. I think right now one of it is flexibility. You got you got to be really flexible when you. Yeah. And that's, I'm not talking about getting on a balance beam. Either. I'm talking about <laughs> flexibility in terms of being able to coach different guys. Right. Uh, knowing that there's going to be movement, um, how you develop, and and quick development, because now you got to get guys ready to play as quickly as possible, or, or those guys may be hitting the road and going somewhere else. And so the flexibility to know, hey, and, and I think that's that's important when you come from you know his background, Eastern. Eastern Michigan and, and UTSA and going, look, those guys had to be ready to roll. You don't have the depth that you have at other places. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something to watch for with him moving forward. Expect him probably to be coaching the inside guys with DJ Durkin coaching coaching the outside, the edge, Jack guys? Yeah, I don't know exactly how it'll work yet, but I think it's going to be good. I think it's a, a very good move for for him. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be – the good thing is you got two guys that can coach linebackers. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. DJ Durkin and Josh Aldridge want to be the edge guys, want to be the in, inside guys, and yeah, I think Montreal will be, you know, coaching those interior defensive line. Jason Caldwell with us here for uh, another segment here on the Wednesday Drive. We'll get into uh, basketball because a huge one coming up tonight over at Neville Arena as we continue here on the Wednesday Drive. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill. Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with Drew at the controls and Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover is uh, with us on the phone about to head over to Neville Arena where uh, when they open the doors, uh, just watch out because (laughs) there's some kids that have been there since uh, earlier than this time yesterday afternoon waiting in line. Yeah, I went over yesterday, uh, probably 6.45 or 7 o'clock and I made my way through the line I got to about a, uh, I don't know, three minute mark before I got from the back to the front. Wow! And so uh, it was pretty wild to see um, how many people were there. And I got to the front. They said, "Yes, first person got here about twelve thirty. So wow! You're about 30 <laughs> yeah, hours, they were they hours. were over there yesterday when I went over for uh, for for Bruce's time with the media. That was a little after two. So yeah, they, they were they were already they were already there and ready and in line. Good for them. I mean, you know, it's not like it was a warm night, but at least it wasn't freezing and wet. So so good for them. Yeah, no, it could have been a lot worse. You're right. It could have been 17 degrees like it was a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, had had tents out walking around. Uh, got offered some hot dogs to walk by and some other stuff. And, uh, <laughs> very cordial group. Uh, I don't think they'll be too cordial tonight. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I hope they're not. In a good, they're in a good mood last night, and just, just amazing um, to think about what has happened basketball in at Auburn, obviously, but in, in this state and in this league, mm-hmm. and how different and how different it is. It's just, it's remarkable to see a league flourish without it being Kentucky or Arkansas. Hey, and, yeah. and that's what's happening. Oh, you're absolutely right, Jason. I mean, uh, Bruce yesterday talking about the atmospheres in Starkville and Oxford in, over the last couple of weeks. No, I mean, you look at it, people have invested. 
it's, it's, it's about investing. You invest in programs in this in this part of the country, and you're going to see success because there's always been basketball talent in this part of the country, but people didn't invest in basketball programs. And now you have obviously facilities are important, but you look at the coaches in this league, mm-hmm. and that's where you go. I mean, it's and, and there the '80s had great coaches. I mean, Sonny and Wimp, and obviously Joe B. Hall and Dale Brown. I mean, there there's some great coaches, right? Coaches. But you look at the coaches in this league right now, and you go from top to bottom. I mean, there, there's quality coaches, there's investment facilities, and then basketball has become a much much bigger part of the of, of the of the landscape in the southeast than it was even 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and so, um, you know, with the way you're able to recruit and recruit nationally because of Zoom and because of summer and travel and all this stuff, it's made playing in, in the SEC a viable option for anybody in the country. Oh, no no doubt about it. A huge game tonight. I mean, first place is on the line. Auburn with a win moves into a three-way tie for first. Alabama with a win uh, really puts some distance between themselves and Auburn. I mean, because an Alabama win would virtually put Auburn three games back because Alabama would have a two-game lead and the tiebreaker. It would. I mean, you look at that one, and, and it would, yeah, it would. It made it really difficult for Auburn. Uh, Tennessee would still be there because of the win they had over Alabama. Not too far back, but you're talking about two-game separation in the league. Um, so this is a big one for Auburn. If you, if you want to contend and give yourself a chance to win the overall SEC championship, then then you got to have this one tonight. You're right. You can't, you can't lose twice to the team that's up top. Now, in the first time up in in Tuscaloosa at Coleman, Auburn got off to a a sluggish start. Let's uh, let's uh, let's face it. I mean, they they did not uh, really contest as many of the threes. Uh, Bruce, that's another thing he talked about yesterday. Look, Alabama's going to shoot threes. They're going to make some threes, but you've got to contest better than Auburn did early. And then the other thing, I mean, the most critical thing I thought there in the uh, in the in the loss in Tuscaloosa and the one in Starkville was keeping the other team off the offensive glass. Second chances, offensive rebounds, and second chance points were uh, were just. Um, I mean, th- those those were the death knell for Auburn in both those games. Absolutely, and I think you look at it. I, I, there's two things for me. I, I think this is this is not the normal Bruce Pearl team. Do you want to go run? Absolutely. When you have fast break opportunities, you want to do that. This is a really good half-court team, half-court defense, half-court mm-hmm. offense. And I think because of that, the most important thing right, is all five guys have to rebound. You can't worry about running out for fast breaks because they're shooting threes. They have a lot of long rebounds. So I'm looking tonight at, at, at Denver and Trey Donaldson, uh, Chad Baker-Mazar. Those types of guys, those guys need to have four or five rebounds each in this game. They've, they've got to be able to rebound and get some of those long rebounds, secure the basketball. Don't worry about running out as much in this game because I think on the flip side, I think the second half Saturday showed how Auburn needs to play basketball, yep. which is inside out. I think this is a this is an old-school basketball team that needs to revolve around Broom, Jalen Williams in the paint. And those guys had nine, nine assists combined. So get the ball in the paint, make good decisions, don't force it. And then give your guys open shots. If, if Auburn moves the basketball and it doesn't become a black hole when you get it inside and, and you grab rebounds, then I think Auburn has a great shot to go out and play well tonight and get a win. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Janai Broom, Jalen Williams are two of the better passing big guys you're going to see. Janai had, I guess, I think it was seven assists the other night, uh, which is which is unbelievable. Um, And and uh, and and Jalen's always been a good passer. You mentioned Chad Baker Mazzara, though. He's a guy, Jason, that really appears to be sort of stepping in and taking more of a leadership role. We heard about his uh, his his halftime comments to the team uh but but he's playing like that on the court as well i gotta be honest i, I thought cheney johnson was the guy that was probably going to have more of an impact on this basketball team than chad baker missouri and it's been the other way around he's been a an absolute impact player with his length and his ability to shoot the basketball and, and, and make shots uh and you know he has the range to shoot from three but he's taking the ball to the basket and getting in the, in the paint a little bit more and i think um for this team um points in the paint tonight if you go give me one stat obviously I like football you look at turnovers and all those things are important look at points in the paint after this game and if Auburn doesn't dominate points in the paint then I think they're in trouble oh I think you're absolutely right points in the paint and and the offensive rebounds Auburn's got to cut that in half it was 16 last time they've got to keep Alabama under 10 offensive rebounds but yeah back to back to CBM that baseline drive and dunk as the shot clock was about to go off, was I mean that was it? That was the put away the other day in Oxford. It was, and you know, those are the plays that when you when you do those, those are those are momentum killers. That's a that's a block punt in football. That's a you know a pick six. Those are the kind of plays when you do those that the emphatic when to to finish a run or to start a run. Those are the plays you come back to and go, yeah, that's that's where it started. And I think you look and can Auburn have those plays tonight? And you're right, limit Alabama because the other one is second, third opportunities, and then you kick it out and hit a three. Yeah, they end up being three a lot of the time. Yeah, correct, and that's it. When you get those second, third chances, you're, you're scrambling, and you get an open look, and Alabama's going to shoot 45. They'll shoot 45-3 tonight. Can you limit them to – how many opportunities they get for second, third chances. That's, that's huge. Yeah, and, and, and you also look at where this game sits with the schedule that Auburn has for the rest of this month. Um, you know, Again, Bruce said it yesterday. If, Auburn, if Auburn's going to think about contending for the SEC regular season title, you can't lose at home, and you've got to win this one. No, nope, you got to serve. you got to hold serve and, uh, and keep feeling a few on the road. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you can't afford to lose home games in this climate, in this league. Um, you got to take advantage of all those opportunities and – not going to be easy when you talk about Alabama, Kentucky later on, and South Carolina. <laughs> they got some tough road games, but if you can you can hold serve and, and take care of those business of those games at home, you'll be in good shape. Yeah, you, you go by the old, and I, I know it's cliche as can be, but you can't worry about anything down the road. It's definitely one one game at a time as we go through here, Jason. Before before we run out of time, got to get uh, a quick thought from you as as to what you've seen here in, in baseball the last few days. It was great talking uh, to Andy. From the field a little bit yesterday, hearing Bobby Pierce with a big day. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy we've talked about uh, expecting maybe a little more, a little more power from him. But just uh, what what uh, what have you seen in the last week in baseball? I, I think it's been the way the guys as a group have swung the bat. Um, think about Caden Green has been really good, and um, you know some of those guys that that hold overs and like, okay, do they have a chance to? to go out and win a spot. I think Caden Green's put himself in a position there. But I think, you know, you think about, you know, Cooper McMurray's been really good as they've kind of taken some of the load off of him in the preseason just mm-hmm. to make sure he's ready to go this fall, I mean, this, this spring. But I think it's been the depth 
at the plate. Obviously, Bobby Pierce is the guy there that does the good things. I think uh, Mason Mainers, the Jacksonville State transfer, I, I think he's going to be a leadoff guy for this team. Um, you know, and, and a guy that has a chance to do some big things. So I, I think you know there's some pieces here, and then on the mound, fun arm talent. Can you uh, can you put it all together and kind of find that groove? I think they're further ahead than they have been in the past. Um, how quickly can you find that groove and, and get it going? Jason, always uh, always great stuff. Appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. Let everybody know. I mean, you mentioned the the uh, the, the defensive line, Phil. I mean, recruiting. It's it's crazy. We're talking here on on National Signing Day, and and there's there's nothing to talk about as far as uh, signees for Auburn. But I mean, there's plenty of recruiting news. So many things going on. Let everybody know how they can keep up with with all of it and follow you. Yeah, you can uh, check us out at at uh, AuburnUndercover.com, part of the 24-7 network, and you can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJ. All right, Jason, I will try to try to find a parking place uh, in about an hour and a half, and good luck to me for that. So. All right, sounds good. <laughs> See you later. Uh, Jason Caldwell joining us. Yeah, he's, you know, most of the time he's here with us in the studio, but heading over to the arena, going to be uh, working this evening. So he's going to go ahead and get in and make sure that he's all set up. We will get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll open up the phone lines. Love for you to join in, 334-321-1390. That is the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar. Or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334 334- Five six four eighteen forty. We're right back here on the Wednesday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Don, Bill and Don here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. Give us your thoughts on the ball game tonight. Auburn, Alabama, as the Tigers looking for a split of the season series and to move back into first place, it would be a three-way tie in the SEC should Auburn be able to beat Alabama. The Tigers about a five-and-a-half-point favorite hmm. for tonight. And, uh, yeah, somebody asked me, you know, how much of a home court advantage is Neville Arena. It's hard to say it's not a, about a five, six-point advantage easily. Uh, no doubt. I, I think it might be even a little bit more. I agree. Yeah, it's a, a hard, hard place to play if you're not the home team. And, you know, being Alabama coming here, uh, some of the comments about yeah, the Nate Oates making gym. comments, uh, you know, and, and and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, now he he did go on and have some complimentary things, but uh, you know, if you know, if you say anything that can be used uh, as bulletin board material, that uh, that it's going to get out there, and and he did, and it is, and we'll see. It's not as though he needed to stoke the fires of the Auburn students or the or the crowd tonight. This place is it's going to be going crazy. Yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I can't wait to get home and watch it on TV. Um, it's just a unique situation what has happened here since we came, Bill, in 99. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, Auburn Auburn had a yeah. great team. Yes. with uh, Right there yeah. with Cliff. And, and, and they were right number yeah. one. And Chris Porter. Boy, they were good. Yes. And then 
you know, we didn't have anything for a while. And no, I mean, what, what, I mean, and, and it was funny because up until Bruce Pearl got to Auburn, I mean, it seemed like that was the best you could hope for, have a really good recruiting class. And then in two or three years, you could have a good year, right. but it would be sort of, then you'd drop off and hope you could try to build back. And that's sort of what Cliff did. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm surely not going to criticize him. Love, love Cliff too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, it, the perception was, hey, it's it's difficult to consistently recruit at a high level at Auburn. Yeah. And Bruce came in, and let let's 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 say now at first, I mean, Bryce Brown, Jared Harper weren't the most highly touted recruits, but it was a great job of of spotting talent and them being working hard and getting better and better, and then you know hitting on a player or two mm-hmm. that really put Auburn on the map and right. he has he has done an unbelievable job the best job anyone has ever done of selling Auburn basketball I mean you would always see he'd be out everywhere and selling yeah. and yeah. selling Auburn and Auburn basketball right and building that interest and and you know it's been uh and and then the folks started coming out Auburn started winning and now you can't find a ticket it's <laughs> unbelievable right and uh, you know the the expectations are through the roof, and here is Auburn eighteen and four, and folks are going, and they're they're still. It's like oh, man, Auburn hadn't quite played as well as they should. They're eighteen and four, <laughs> the number twelve in the country, right? And Alabama's coming in tonight. Yeah, looking yeah, looking forward to it this evening. He, he, coach has done a great job. I mean, and he did the same thing at Tennessee. Absolutely, he brought them back. If you look, they were kind of down. Oh, sure they were. And he was in. I remember he was in the stands. Yeah, the shirtless yeah. at at, uh, and he, at Pat's game. And he, very smart. Uh, promotes the product. He's sincere. He's out. I've seen him a couple times around town. He doesn't know me from Adam. Always speaks. Oh yes, and just. Uh, He's a great ambassador for us. I'm no, telling no, you. no question. And about whatever it. it takes to keep him, we need to. Oh, you're you're right about yeah. that. Uh, I mean, I know he's very appreciative of the opportunity he's gotten here, but you, she, yeah, but I, I would, yeah, can't imagine anybody ever taking Bruce for granted. No. Oh no. man. No. Uh, again, so that's coming up six o'clock tonight. Again, five thirty is the airtime on Wings 94.3. We've got some audio from Coach Pearl that we'll let you hear a little while later. We'd love for you to join us, though. Give us your thoughts on the matchup tonight. Again, I I really think that uh, Jason hit the nail on the head. What we saw in the second half the other night uh, against Ole Miss is, is the way Auburn needs to play. They really attacked the basket. The guards, you know, drove it toward the hoop. Uh, you saw we, we talked about Chad Baker, Mazzara, Jalen Williams, and Janai Broom. Auburn taking advantage of guys' athleticism around the rim, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something Auburn didn't really do. Uh, I mean, Janai had a great game against Alabama, but uh, Jalen Jalen was a little off, and Auburn Auburn didn't really penetrate as much as as they. Uh, they did against Ole Miss, and I think they should do more of that. Uh, take the ball in, see if they can draw some fouls from yep. from the Alabama players as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the second half at Ole Miss, just night and day. And, uh, and they just did a good job, like you said, of getting it in, kicking it back out, moving the ball. And, and like you said also, Bill, offensive rebounding is going to be key. 
Auburn should. I mean, Alabama has not been. They've been better recently, but Alabama has not been one of the better rebounding teams in the league. Um, they they do get a lot of of uh, long rebounds from three pointers. That just happens. Yeah. Uh, but but you've got to keep them from being able to get those rebounds around the goal when uh, when the ball goes up. They got way too many of those. Like I said, sixteen offensive rebounds. Uh, Alabama had in that first meeting up in Tuscaloosa. So um, that should be a fun one here this evening. Mentioned South Carolina. South Carolina getting a w- another win last night. They're 8-2. and two. Mm. So, uh, you know, with a, with a win by Alabama, they're in really good shape because they've got the tiebreaker over South Carolina, and they, right. they would have a one-game lead there. Right. And they'd have the tiebreaker over Auburn and a two-game lead. So that really means South Carolina – would have to win two more than Alabama the rest of the way. Auburn would have to win three more than Alabama if Alabama were to win tonight. So that's that's big. I, I know uh, um, a lot of folks um, would would like our caller yesterday who's a Tennessee fan. Yeah, there there are a lot of, lot of fans around the league that would like Alabama to get that second loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, their schedule is is very similar to Auburn's. I mean, they've still got to go to Kentucky. Yep. They've got Tennessee coming in, I believe. They've got uh, they go they play Florida twice, um, but but still, a second loss here would sort of open things up for for a lot of teams. Oh yeah, there'll be a lot of Auburn fans tonight in the SEC. Oh, you're right about that. So uh, yeah, so that's coming up. Uh, glad that Jason got on right after the official news. Yeah. We were talking about it yesterday, and I know there are a lot of people that aren't familiar with the um, with Auburn's new defensive line coach uh, because he was a defensive analyst this past year. It's Vontrell King Williams, who um, uh, there was like I, I mentioned when we had Jason on. There was there's a really good feature that you can go out there and find on on Vontrell from when he was at UTSA. It was talking about. Um, the Spirit Walk at UTSA, which is you know very similar to to Auburn's Tiger Walk. I mean, not quite to the no. to to no. the proportion that it is. I mean, not to the um, uh, but but anyway, it pointed out. I mean, some tough uh, tough things that had happened. Vontrell losing his mom and his grandmother, mm-hmm. and and being raised by his great grandmother, and then his uncle, um, and and that's where. The King came from his uncle, I believe, was uh, Jerome King. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was Von Trail Williams, and his his uncle raised him and really got him into football, and uh, told him that you know that uh, foot he he had a future. He felt like he had a future in football, so he added the King. Mm-hmm. So it's King Dash Williams is his last name. Wow! And uh, he he um, there in in the Chicago area. Uh, Came out of high school as a very highly ranked defensive lineman, signed with Illinois. Uh, had some injuries there at Illinois. Went to Butler Community College, which uh, some Auburn fans will remember. Yep. Uh, Butler, uh, that, that's where where you guys found Rudy Johnson, I yeah. believe, looking at somebody else, wasn't yeah, it? I think Eddie Grand did. Yeah, what a find. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, so, so yes, yeah. so Vontrell went to Butler Community College and then wound up at UTSA, Texas San Antonio, finished his playing career in 2016, so he's, he's still a really young guy. Yes. Um, got his start after he finished up his playing days. He was a GA there at uh, Texas San Antonio, 
then went to Eastern Michigan as a as a GA, moved over to Liberty under Hugh Freeze and Jeremy Garrett and Josh Aldridge, uh, and then um, then was able after being at Liberty for two years, went back to Eastern Michigan for two seasons as the defensive line coach, and just this past year. Um, Took a that that took a big chance. Yes, by giving up a, a full time on field position yeah. to be an analyst for Hugh Freeze and and Auburn. Yeah, a big big chance because it's so hard to get quote a full time position job. Get an on field job. No, an on field. Uh, I am so excited again, Bill. I, I love his story. I love that those guys that worked their way up, like I mentioned in the first segment. Uh, I think he's going to be hungry. He's got to be so excited and proud of what he's accomplished. And I know Coach Freeze, like we said a little, or I did a minute ago, he's comfortable with him. He knows the players. He knows the, the, the staff. He knows what Coach wants. And I think he's going to do a great job, and I don't know him from Adam, but I just love his story and where he's come from and his background. Tells me he's a go-getter. He did take a chance, man. I oh, don't yeah. Know, I don't know if I'd have done it, Well, maybe if I was young like him, but it's so hard to get a job on the field. Yeah, just and, and it's worked out so well for him from, uh, from being at, at Eastern Michigan to being an analyst, and now he's a defensive line coach in the Southeastern that Conference. That is awesome. Yeah, and uh, again, the the other thing that we've heard about him is is that his players, the the players on the team, they mentioned his name when we talked to yep. defensive linemen, talked to Marcus Harris, talked to Jason Jones. Mm-hmm. They'll mention him as somebody who is helping them, and they really like him, and he definitely has been a factor in recruiting. Right. Well, you know, he's built re- relationships. He could be kind of like I'm sure you know the D line coach might get on get on him and then he'll put his arm around him and and uh, they build great relationships and those guys they do all the work basically I'm not saying that the full time guys don't but they you know they stay and do the extra things and, and help these kids out probably check on their classes sometimes oh, yeah. do all the little things go to meal check bed check all those things that you know they just get some close to the kids. I just think it's a great thing, and uh, I could be dead wrong, but I think it's a positive for everybody. Well, I, I, we were also talking during during the last break, and you're looking also injects uh, some some young youth, blood, some youth, in, right. into into the uh, the coaching staff. It's not like this is an old coaching staff, but you have a lot of experience over there on the defensive side mm-hmm. with with on the back end, um, Wesley McGriff and Charles Kelly, and uh, Josh Aldridge is not an older guy. But uh, but Charles Kelly's been around for yeah. a while. DJ Durkin. Uh, so I mean, they've got they've got a nice blend. I think of some really experienced guys. They're they're more sort of on the back end, and then right. and then you know DJ I think is forty seven. Mm-hmm. Josh is you know forty or so maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got Vontrell who's maybe thirty. <laughs> so I mean, great. you've got guys that are relatable yeah. to the players. Right. Uh, and 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 and. I think this is going to be another play. This is going to be another addition. That's uh, not that. That's I don't think you're going to see a big drop off there recruiting wise. No, that's something no. that Hugh Freeze has placed yeah. a big emphasis on. And he he knows the young man. Coach Freeze is comfortable with him. Right. And and you can tell that. And uh, just for him 
giving him that job, it shows me that he has all the faith in the world and confidence in the young man. 334-321-1390. We will get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in. Give us your thoughts on anything going on sports-wise, but I would imagine your thoughts on basketball tonight. Hey, if you have any thoughts on the uh, the latest edition of the Auburn football coaching staff, love to hear from you here on the Wednesday Drive. Uncle T-Bone here with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final segment of hour number one here on this Wednesday game day with uh, the... Uh, I guess I guess you'd call it the basketball iron bowl. It's Auburn, Alabama over at Neville Arena at six o'clock tonight. First place in the SEC on the line. Again, as I briefly mentioned with Jason, uh, we talked about it a little yesterday. Today is the day that everybody, I mean, used to be all we would talk about on this day would be the signees. It is National Signing Day, Don, and and Auburn. It's crickets. Uh, Nothing from Auburn. Alabama signed three. They did sign Mm -hmm. Ryan Williams. He signed with him first thing this morning. Uh, Four-star out of Arizona who'd been committed to Washington uh, is following Kalen DeBoer to to Tuscaloosa. Mm -hmm. And they signed a linebacker out of Birmingham, uh, a three-star linebacker out of Birmingham. but I mean, there just there was not an awful lot of news today. Most most players had already decided where they were going to sign. Auburn's got five or six slots left. I I feel like they're saving those for uh, for for players that could enter the transfer portal that are either in the portal now right. or could enter in the uh, spring, spring period. Yeah. Um. I, I I was just I was just wondering, and and I hate I, I was I meant to mention this to this, this to you during the break because I wanted you to think get get a chance to think about it a little bit, but just wondered if there were any signing day moments that you recalled. I mean, it it it's how all right. First of all, I'll ask you this. A lot of fans feel like oh, you guys all knew about every player, that it was just for show. Uh, I mean, I've talked to some fans that just don't really believe that players might actually be waiting until signing day to make up their minds. Yeah, there were a few that we did not know. And uh, you remember sometimes they'd have the cameras on. Oh, yeah. When the fax came in, we'd all be jumping around high-fiving. And there's been other days we didn't get that fax. But not a whole lot, Bill, but there'd be one or two maybe that you'd go down to the wire and not really know. And, you know, there's been some surprises and there's been some heartache. And I was talking to my wife today. It just didn't feel the same today. Oh, no kidding. This used to it's be not even close. It, it was so exciting. and It every was nerve-wracking cl- and exactly. exciting. And every class was going to be the best in the world. We're going to, you know, we just signed a national championship. But anyway... We always were excited. We knew we were going to get a few days off, which helped. And we normally went out as a staff and either went to somebody's house or the coach took us out to dinner, and it was kind of a relief. And then, But today I just 
I didn't really see anything or hear much. And well, you know, it used to be, it, it was, I mean, it was a show at, at different oh, yeah. places. Oh, yeah. uh, I, you know, uh, remembering, I mean, the faxes coming in and the, name the going boards. Up on the board. Yeah, who's yeah. up and who the coach would put it up. And, and yeah, it was who, whoever, yeah, yeah whoever then, the coach was, it was responsible. And then you'd get him on the phone immediately with the, with the young man and, and you know that just sent his facts in and hey you LSU, were, LSU used to do yeah, a yeah. I mean uh, of course I think they got scolded for it and told <laughs> not to do it again I mean they'd have a big gathering with the fans oh, yeah, yes. there in the arena and be showing highlights yes. of the players and yes. things like that I remember that yeah and then uh, you know you'd uh, be so nervous about the fax machine not working yeah where is it where is it he said he sent it you know those things well it's not here call him back. And we usually had two or three fax machines. And you sent that number out. You kept texting him or, you know, in the old days, sending that information through the mail or the one phone call. And you remember there was a dead period. Right. You only allowed one phone call between Sunday night and a certain time. Yeah, it was like Wednesday morning. Yeah. So you're a nervous wreck. You talk to a guy Sunday night, and then you hear all these rumors. It, it 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 was pretty exciting. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. No no kidding. Uh I think I just had a package delivered. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, good, I've been it's I've been your waiting. Scholarship. Oh uh, no, yeah, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's crazy just to think about how much different it was than it is now. I mean, just one of the many many changes we've seen in college athletics over the past few years. Um, we're just about done with our number one here on this Wednesday. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell for joining us for the first couple of segments on his way over to Neville Arena for tonight's Auburn-Alabama basketball game. We have some audio from Bruce Pearl. We'll let you hear in hour number two. We'd love to hear from you, though. On the Drive Hotline, presented by Skybar, 334-321-1390. Or give us a text. The Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number 334-564-1840. Right back with hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on another nice day. A little, little cool, but it is beautiful uh, today. It's Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Dan uh, on the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball team. They've got a game tonight at Old Dominion. Then they play this weekend at Bowling Green. He will be he will be back in the studio on Monday. But, uh, again, our thanks to uh, the coach for coming in and, and helping out. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Great to be here. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you, as usual, by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we will head to the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390. And Tex is up first. Hey, Tex. Hey, Bill. Hey, Coach. How y'all doing today? Doing good, Tex. Thank you. Yes. Well, Coach Dunn, I was hoping you were going to be named our defensive line coach. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I I, I, uh, would have loved to. 
but I don't know if I could handle the portal. I don't think I'd had anybody <laughs> playing for me the way I coached them. And I, I, I do miss it, though, Tex. I, I, Bill and I were talking a couple of days ago. I really, really miss coaching. But I think my, my ship has sailed and I'm a little bit too old and my hips are kind of not working real good. And uh, But, yeah, I, I think it's a great hire for our university, and I'm very happy for the young man. And, I, and again, I like the way that he's come up through the ranks. I think that makes you more hungry and, and appreciative of your job, and he's going to do a good job for us. So my understanding is from people I've spoken to today that he's an extremely hard worker and just soaks in knowledge. And uh, I think that you, you can't put a price on that other than going through it in the way that he's gone through it. What? So a couple other things, Bill. This may be the first time that you and I haven't talked multiple times on a signing day. Oh, yeah. I realized that. <laughs> as I, I was driving yeah. home now. to I'm going to the Morris Suite to watch the basketball game. So uh, <laughs> I got I got reclining seats of no concession lines and multiple bathrooms. So uh, anyway, it's Bill. We used to talk probably ten times a day. On oh, that. I know it, it would be like from from yep. uh, before eight o'clock. Yeah. You yeah. know, checking because you, you'd have an idea when some kids were supposed to be sending their papers in or making their announcement or something like that. Mm, yeah. Well, and then you talked a little bit about two things. Number one, the LSU recruiting bash. <laughs> did, they didn't get their hands slapped because of the bash. They got their hands slapped because coaching panels would talk about kids that they were signing and show the videos before they had actually signed. Ah. Uh, well, so, and then but, the, the NCAA were, put in that thing where you're only supposed to comment like one time, you know, on, on signing correct. date. And it's supposed to be about all the players. Do you want to know where it came from? Yeah, that probably. I figured that, that had something to do with it. That. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so in the recruiting bash, it is nothing more than one of the biggest parties that you could imagine sure. happening on a Wednesday that began at 530 in the morning. Oh, yeah. They started going in at 5.30 in the morning last till 8 o'clock at night. They yeah, you know, and that's a sad thing because I always up. felt signing day should be a holiday. I didn't think anybody should have to <laughs> yeah. work because nobody that cared about well, anything is. about college football was going to be working. Well, it used to be a holiday in Baton Rouge. I yeah. tell you, and I went to multiple of them, including the first one. And the first one, the thing I remember the most is at 11 o'clock, they were scrambling around. And I have friends that were on that committee putting that thing together. They were scrambling around because they ran out of beer at 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then uh, speaking of Louisiana, one of the craziest signing day moments that I can remember, Bill, is Trevon Reed sign, having a ceremony, signing a letter, and we can't get the signed letter in. Yeah. Because the athletic director, the head coach, and the principal refused to allow him to sign. I'm just faxing from the school. Wow. So we had to go find another place in lovely Thibodeau to uh, find a fax machine to send it across. Yeah, those those kind of so, stories weren't uncommon, Don. No. I mean, of, of uh, you know, you'd hope that coaches weren't going to, you know, try to influence. But, I mean, sometimes they're under a lot of pressure, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't know who's talking to those guys in town. You know, the uh, barber, the car dealer, the bank Realtor, yeah, yeah uh, that's right. So do you like living here? Do you like your job? Well, you better make sure he goes here. And that happens. 
Uh, it definitely happens in Thibodeau. I can say that, <laughs> and it probably still is happening. So it's a very small town. Uh, Eric Handelsack was from not not too far from there, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know there were guys that the, that we we got the two guys out of there. I can't remember the offensive lineman now that was all American. Shoot, I went blank on him. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Trevon and then the big offensive lineman from Thibodeau. Uh, that I think he played with the Rams for several years. But anyway, that was a big mess. And according to all the LSU people, they were all bad guys yep. because they left and didn't sign with LSU. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Once <laughs> What we've seen from especially Trevon, uh, congratulations to him to go on to be a coach, but he's going to miss. I mean, he's going to be missed in the athletic department. Oh, yeah. He's a dynamic young man. So uh, the other thing is it's kind of neat to hear – uh, about what's going on baseball-wise. Uh, Bill, I, I need you to keep me up to date as to how many suitcases I need to pack for a couple weeks from now on opening day when it's either going to be <laughs> 17 degrees with the wind's blowing or it's going to be 32 degrees with it raining. So, yeah. Well, you ought to have the summer stuff uh, at the lake, though, yeah. anyway. Uh, I do keep some stuff there up you there, go. but still. <laughs> my, my partner in crime that's coming with me says she's not leaving the lake if it's under 60 degrees. Was, <laughs> so. I've been try- was, was it Greg Robinson? Greg was, Robinson, that's it. I was trying Greg, to remember. I, I was yeah. thinking he was from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, he was. He's from the exact same high school as Trevon. Mm. So, uh, anyway, uh, looking forward to it. But it's interesting, and I know I've, I've, and I'm sure he still does this. I think Butch – pitches his basically his top line against the starters with the second team defense and his next in line guys with uh against the second team but they're pitching with the starters mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting i'd love to hear who bobby pierce hit the home run off of and i heard that ike uh hit a couple balls extremely hard today too or in that last scrimmage. right so I wish we could hear that. Yeah, I don't think. Th- yeah, I don't think Andy mentioned who was pitching for the other squad. He just mentioned Cam Tilly was pitching for the uh, yeah. f- for for the team that uh, Bobby and Ike were on. Yes. So, uh, looking forward to baseball getting started. Looking forward to tonight, Bill. I went to school with Chuck Person, Charles Barkley, and Chris Morris all on the same team. Mm, yep. Basketball was never as exciting as it is today. And we had three NBA guys on that, right. that roster. It was just its oh. amazing. You kn- I never thought I would tell you, I'm driving home early so that I can get set up to watch basketball. <laughs> yep, right. And, and Coach Dunn, I'm married yes, to a ladies basketball player that played at Auburn. Okay. So, <laughs> but I, so, so, But I've been told that the game starts at 6 and I better be there. So yeah. that's the reason I'm going. I don't, <laughs> you're, you're a smart it, man. Uh well, <laughs> Bill knows Bill knows her, and he knows that I'm a lucky man. Yeah, so. yeah, and, w- <laughs> and wise and Coach, to, to pay attention. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, Coach Dunn, if you ever decide to come out of uh, retirement, they offer often look for. Uh, they don't really call them analysts. What do they call them when they bring in retired consultants? Coaches? Like Pete Jenkins came back. Down. Oh yeah, consultant, consultant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I yeah I could do that. Yeah, you can make yourself available yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so who's your who's your best defensive lineman? Oh here my Coach? goodness! Uh, well, give me two or three then. Okay, I when I was a GA at 
of course, Reggie White at Tennessee. I was lucky enough to watch him. I didn't coach him. I just told him what time the game was. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really – I don't really want to say at Auburn. I can give you, you know, from Jay Ratliff that we moved inside his senior year who played seven years for the Cowboys, uh, Spencer Johnson, Tommy Jackson, uh, Sanderic Marks, uh, Reggie Torbor really didn't play for me, but he was an outside guy, played for Terry. We had so many good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Thompson, uh, every one of them, uh, I loved them all, and they all wow. played their tails off, and uh, and I'm so proud of them now. I hear from a lot of them. They're all doing great, and I was very lucky. Yes. Well, Coach, you know why you don't want to name the best one? Because they were all really good, <laughs> the guy that was coaching. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, those were some rough, tough defensive linemen. Yeah, we By the had way, Reggie Torbers from Louisiana too. Yes, 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 yes sir. And uh, they were. And, and the good thing, knock on wood, we never had any trouble out of those kids. Basically, I mean, I forgot our first year we had had good ones. Jimmy Brumball, uh, Leo Carson was a great player. Uh, golly, there were so many of them, and uh, and all good people. Yeah. Well. I love hearing you on, Coach, and talking about some of the old days. And it's interesting your take on the portal, and I understand no, it. I, it's crazy. I understand your take. <laughs> I don't understand the portal. Well, it's – All right, guys. Thank I'm you. to the house. Y'all take care. All right. Bye. Good hearing from you, Tex. Yep, take care. Getting home. Um, yeah, the uh, – uh, I forgot DeMarco McNeil. There's another one. There's oh, so yeah. Many of them. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say, you, you, you were talking about um, – Jay Ratliff was was a really interesting story. story. I mean, yes. uh, came didn't he come in wanting to be a tight end? He came in as a tight end, tight uh, end to defensive, defensive end, end to defend to a great defensive and he tackle. He did not want to do it, and he was mad as a wet hen. <laughs> and he was a he intimidated me a little bit. He got so mad, and we just kept talking to him. Terry Price did a great job with him, and well, the rest is history. Yeah, and he. What he signed for seven million, I think, and that was a lot of money back then. It's a lot of money now, but oh yes, and what a what a great career he had. But you know, if, might have been a good tight end, but was a great defensive lineman. Yeah, no question about it. Some great stuff. Thanks for the call, Tex. We'll get to our first break when we come back. We're going to let you hear uh, some of the comments from Bruce Pearl, who met with the media yesterday, previewing the matchup with Alabama, which is coming up in about forty-five minutes. Stick with us. Here on the Wednesday Drive. Calling all cool cat game. Um, they uh, they're number four with about eleven and a half threes per game. Uh, they make over twelve in their wins, um, and so they're you know just a very dangerous team because they, they all shoot it so well. They could put five guys on the floor at the same time. They could shoot it. Um, they have uh, they have got depth. Uh, they were a little thin on the front line, but uh, one of the players that. Uh, I guess was suspended as eligible for the Auburn game. Imagine that. And um, um, so um, uh, they've got great depth. Um, and, uh, um, you know, they. I think, you know, I know that Coach Oates has challenged his team many times publicly um, to play physically and play, you know, aggressively and uh, question their toughness. They played really physical, really aggressively. Um, Against us uh, at, in Tuscaloosa, um, you know, I think that one of the things I want to mention 
is in our rivalry, and it's important to me, is because um, while there have been great crowds on the road on some of our road games in the SEC, and overall the crowds have been great, and 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 I really really am proud of the league uh, and every institution for you know having developed really good fan bases. I mean, it's uh, you know at Alabama, at Mississippi State, at Ole Miss, been as good as it gets, sold out and. It's been terrific. I want to remind our fans to just also be a little bit mindful of the language. Like, I think we can be wild and crazy and have fun. Um, I think sometimes you, you tendency for language, and I'm that was one of my 21 days of prayer. Uh, prayers was uh, I gave up uh, I gave up a couple things, but one of the hardest things was every now and then it, to stop cussing and. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect at it either, but I, but I will, I don't, I want our fans to be mindful of that at Auburn. It, it, it matters, uh, and sometimes it gets, it gets, it just doesn't need, to, doesn't need to be that way. Um, but very excited about the game. Excited about the students uh, coming out, and and uh, I would imagine because it's going to be such a tough ticket, uh, just like a few other games that we played during the course of the season. That they're allowed to be out there tonight, so. A topic that's kind of come up a lot is just how close this team has, you know, has especially become over the course of the season. What did you see from them to kind of go from that 0-2 week that you guys had to then bounce back, win it all Miss, go 2-0, and and kind of, I guess, regain some of the momentum that you guys had? Was maybe there's something from the makeup of this team that allowed for that? Well, yeah, I've always believed that, and I've said it many, many times, that, that, that uh, I can help us win some games. Um, but that really, truly, players win championships. And I know it sounds kind of goofy. It's just true. Like, when they can not only just hold themselves accountable, but not be jealous of another man's success, or trust each other to be able to look around the room and go, look, we, we can handle this. Obviously, uh, uh, in the second half against Ole Miss, you know, Chad Baker took a lead at halftime and said, look, we beat these guys for two halves last time. They played he, – he built on what I started, and I would look. They played great. We're only down nine. I mean, can they play that well again? Well, I think we can have something to do about it. And then Chad took over and go, look, we're, we're not going to let this happen again. You know, we, we know – and it was – I think it was actually Chad's com- combination of challenging his teammates, but also trusting his teammates and also believing in his teammates. And like one of the things I had said – which I thought was just as important as I thought Janai Broom's first half where he didn't really score he, and he was in foul trouble, he never panicked. He never got uh, rattled at all. And I thought that that was really, really good because we got a little rattled at Alabama. We got a little rattled at Mississippi State, and they would not allow that to happen. And I thought that had a lot to do with their closeness. I think that's where it boils their friendship. Their respect. Um, part of it is, again, in recruiting. I tell guys at the end of every season about, you know, I'm going to continue to bring in really good people. And guess what? When I'm out there recruiting, you're going to want to know Dylan Cardwell or Janai Broom or Trey Donaldson or Chris Moore or Leo Berman or Jalen Williams. And I can look at all you in the eye and go, you know what I'm saying? KD Johnson, you know what I'm saying? And I tell uh, my guys returning, you're going to like Cheney Johnson. You're going to want to play with Denver Jones. You're going to want to play with Aiden. 
and, and, and Chad and A.D. And that's, uh, you know, that's been, that's been, I think, who we've been for a long time. Bruce, in the, the first matchup, they got really hot from deep early. Second half, you guys, you know, they didn't shoot as well from deep, and, and you felt like, I, I remember you saying, you felt like you guys defended better on the perimeter in the second half. What's the key to kind of doing that for all 40 minutes? I guess an Alabama team is going to challenge you as much yeah. as anybody. I mean, look, you just got to make sure the shots are contested and they're going to make some and they're going to miss some. You know, sometimes, you know, that, that, there's not much you could do about it. Now, can we, can we not give them offensive rebounds and second chance points? We could do something about that. Uh, can we... You know, guard them in a certain way where, where they're not getting as many open shots. Yes, we can. Um, but we can't always um, can't stop them from making contested shots. And they've got some guys that obviously can and have done it. But it's, it's obviously key to beating them. Emily Grace. Coach, earlier today we got Steven's perspective on Chad taking initiative at halftime. It was awesome. I'd love to hear your perspective on that and how he's been able to earn the respect of this locker room in such a short amount of time. Who, Chad? Yeah. Well, I think, again, I think, I've, I, think I did, hopefully gave you that answer a little bit with what before. Um, um, but again, it's, um, I do think part of it is, is just trusting each other and um, uh, believing in each other um, and knowing that we have the ability to step up. Now, we're going to have to step up. This is right now Alabama's in first place. Right now they're the best, they're the best team in the league right now. Um, and, um, you know, Tennessee's got the one win. I've been talking about Tennessee probably being the best team, and, and I still think they are, but they're, Alabama's in first. And so we have an opportunity to, um, if, like I said to the team, if we're going to think about having a chance to compete for this conference championship, we, we got to get one of these on the road that we're not supposed to get. Ole Miss was one of them. They hadn't lost at, uh, They haven't lost yet. They, now they have. Uh, so we got one of those. We're probably going to need a couple more if we're going to stay in this hunt. And you got to win all your games at home to, to, to have a chance to win a championship. So we, we, know, we know what it is, and, and uh, I'm sure the guys will be ready. In the two road losses, Jalen – didn't have his normal stuff on offense. And then last week he had 37 points across those two games. What does that say about him and just kind of his importance to this team that when he gets going and he can get going kind of like that again? Well, it's, it's, it's not, you know, not giving any scouting report information away to say that when Jalen's played well, we've won. And when he has it, we haven't. You know, it's, that's not, it's not rocket science out there, you know. Um, but what, what it does say is, is, is Jalen's um, uh, – he's, he's – you know, he's improved, he's grown, he's, he's, uh, uh, he knows his game, he knows his teammates, he trusts what we're doing, um, and, he doesn't, and he doesn't mind the pressure. Um, so he's got a tough matchup. That's a, that's a real tough matchup at the four spot or the five spot. And, and uh, for us to win, he has to win his matchup. Just kind of another thing that that's been talked about, even you know, with the last Alabama matchup, is just like I I think the status like this is the first time you guys have faced Alabama here in, in a ranked versus ranked matchup. That might be wrong, but it's like kind of how that how this this series has improved to the point where you know this is a potential game for the top of the SEC standings twice a season now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there are uh, seven forms of championships between Auburn and Alabama in the last like you know couple of years, whether it's regular season or tournament championships, it's it's been Auburn or Alabama. Um, and um, 
and so we all we all we take we're proud of that that we're part of that and I know that uh, uh, th there's a moment in SEC history right now that that's been the case um, I'd be okay with me if that continues to be the case I just um, you know the the uh, Alabama uh, victory means more because because the, obviously it's a great rivalry we we, 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 want, we want to beat our, win our we want to win the Iron Bowl matters more, that matter this game matters more to us it matters more to our fans it matters more to Auburn family it matters more to me it matters more to my players we get that um, and um, but it also matters a lot to the NCAA tournament selection committee it also matters a lot to our seating and it also matters a lot right now as to who's going to win the championship hey Bruce I was just going to ask you about um, Trey and Aiden, sort of the last two games, Trey being in that starting spot, Aiden coming off the bench. How, how you know, what have you seen? What do you like about not just Trey starting, but Aiden yeah. now working with some of the guys off the bench? I think I think Aiden has actually liked playing with the second group a little bit because he hadn't played as much with KD or with 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 Chad or with Dylan or just different different combinations. Um, and um, you know, it's uh, it's it's. A position those guys have both done a great job of not turning the ball over, and that's really important for point guards. And yet we're a team that, you know, we're in a top four or five in the league in scoring. Our offensive analytics are good um, because they're the youngest guys out there. They're the most challenged defensively, and they'll be they continue to be, um, you know, challenged because again because of their youth and their inexperience. And they both done a really good job, um, and. Um, they both bring different qualities to the game, but um, it's the only position on the team that for the, the floor that we're young. And I don't know that anybody in our league has got and this is another one of those research projects for Marlene. Um, who in our league has 40 minutes with only uh, at point guard with only one year's experience? I don't think anybody, and it's not even close. And those guys have done a really good job. Bruce, uh, the end of the first half against Ole Miss, Denver got on a run, hit that three, got an and one, you know, and he had a big week last week as well. Just how do you feel like his offensive confidence and just kind of, uh, you know, his importance has kind of grown over these last couple of weeks because he's been obviously doing that with his defense. Yep. Um, we don't want to make more of Denver's play now that he's made a few buckets um, um, because because what it says, what this says is um, – you know, hey, all I got to do is, you know, score a few more points and they start writing about me or talking about me a little bit more. Um, and that's just human nature, right? And so, um, yes, his offensive productivity, making shots or putting balls in his, in his hands to make some plays, that makes us that makes us better. But we're not even in the conversation unless he's guarding. He's got – he and KD are going to be the primary covers on Sears. Sears is the leading scorer in the league. He's potential for the player of the year in the league. Um if we can hold Mark Sears down, our chances of winning are much better. And Denver Jones and Katie Johnson and our backcourt have a lot to say about that. So when it comes to impact on winning, their thoughts have got to be, how do, we, how do we keep the leading scorer in the league from going off on us like he has? And then if along the way he's making a few shots and making a few good decisions, um, that helps us for sure. That is Bruce Pearl spending some time with the media yesterday as, yeah, I got a text a little while ago from uh, from my wife who said, the standing room areas are full. 
already more than one deep all the way around at both levels wow. for standing room. This was this was a little after five she yeah. sent that. Yeah, it'll be unbelievable. It'll be rocking, as they say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm, I'm hoping I can uh, find some place <laughs> and be able to get in before too much time's gone a little later on. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in as we head into the final 20 minutes or so here on the Wednesday Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. 21 minutes away from 6 o'clock. Again, 6 o'clock is the tip tonight over at Neville Arena. For Auburn and Alabama, as we mentioned, and we might as well uh, look. I mean, uh, at the the recruiting rankings, they did move a little bit today because there were a few players that signed. Now, uh, one thing, and I, I heard I heard uh, uh, T Bone talking about this um, on the line a while ago, uh, and and he's absolutely right. I can't believe I'm looking at the 24/7 composite rankings where they have Georgia 1, Alabama 2. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he was talking that that rivals still listing a couple of players who signed with Alabama that have left. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's exactly right. When I look at the 24-7 composite rankings, Julian Sayan, Alabama's number two signee, five-star quarterback, number, uh, you know, number three quarterback in the nation, number 20 player nationally. He's already gone. <laughs> He's at Ohio State now, but Alabama's getting credit That's for that. Crazy. I mean, they still had a really, really good class, mm-hmm. uh, but they've, they've lost a couple of players. But, yes, in the composite rankings, which 24-7 put out, earlier, uh, put out a little earlier today, um, Georgia is number one, Alabama two, Oregon three, Miami four, mm. <clears throat> Ohio State five. So, wow, only two SEC teams in the top five. Yeah, only two. That's, but That's unusual. Here we go. The you know one of the new additions to the SEC. Texas is six. Mm-hmm. LSU seven. The other new addition, Oklahoma, is eight. Wow. And then after Notre Dame at nine, Auburn's ten. Mm-hmm. And Auburn has fewer commits than any other team in the top ten. Uh, I looked at the average ranking per player. The average ranking, uh, Auburn is sixth. And uh, would be uh, third, I believe, in the SEC. Yeah, because Ohio State um, and Oregon, uh, I guess they would be, I guess they'd still be fourth in the SEC. But that's correct. But again, that's what it takes. You have to be competitive with the top schools in this league. Um, I mean, you, it, it's great to, I mean, you want to develop players. But it, it uh, Don, it doesn't hurt to have guys that, that are a little more talented that you're trying to develop. Yeah, uh, very impressive. Uh, we, we talked all week in the last couple of weeks with what Auburn was able to do. Uh, I can't remember the last time in the last couple of years we've been this highly ranked. Yeah, it's, it's been a few years. It's and, been, I guess, and, four or five years. Yeah, and so, you know, now we've got to keep building. I know – Coach Freeze mentioned that, you know, this is just a start. But you put about three or four of these back-to-back, plus with the portal 
Right. That is such a plus. I think Auburn did a great job with the portal last year. Yes. Now the focus is more on on the high school, but but the portal, you're going to need to fill in any gaps that you either see now or that show up during spring practice. Right. And, you know, what they did with the receiver group, that was so crucial. And uh, I've heard nothing but raves, even on the national TV shows and the radios. They talk about Auburn's recruiting class and the wide receiver group. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus, and that's what we needed. And uh, yeah, Auburn is ranked by a couple of services as having brought in the number one receiving group in the country mm-hmm. and the number one or two linebacker group in the country. Right. Both both positions have been. Uh, you know, I think we've done a great job in that area. Now we just got to maybe get one more uh, a special D line maybe out of the portal. Yeah, I, I think just for numbers yeah. because Auburn's you know a little thin there. Mm-hmm. I, I like I mean I like some of the players they have and they brought in some good young ones right as well. But but yeah, uh, somebody else with some experience that could just help them there along the front. I mean you know this. I mean it's it's good when you when you, uh, well let's put it this way. It's not so good when you when you have to when you have to play. You know, two or three guys, fifty plus snaps. Yeah, nowadays you can't do it. Uh, the offensive have have dictated that you've got to rush the passer, you've got to run sideline to sideline with all the screens, all the outside throws, uh, the the run and shoot, the air raid, whatever you want to call it. It's basically basketball on grass, and you know the days of just handing the ball off and going up the middle. Uh, you cannot oh, yeah. give total effort. Uh, we like to roll our kids as much as we could. And later in my coaching career, we would basically have a rush guy and a run guy, and we'd try to get you know as, as many reps as we could and then get them out, give them a rest. And, yeah, you're right. You can't, you can't play, a, especially a young kid, that many snaps. And uh, in, in case you hadn't heard uh, a little earlier, and, and Jason Caldwell just about broke this on the air, it had just been made official, uh, Auburn uh, confirming that, that uh, Hugh Freeze is promoting Vontrell King-Williams to be the new defensive line coach. And I know there are a lot of folks that are going, who is this guy? He was an analyst for Auburn this past year, had been the defensive line coach at Eastern Michigan for the two years before that. But uh, one of the things, I don't think I mentioned this one on the air, I see where Brian Stoltz pointing out that he follows in the mold of Hugh Freeze hires of other young defensive line coaches, such as Chris Kiffin, who obviously, uh, you know, Auburn contacted him about that position, Mm -hmm. but he's in the NFL. Trey Scott got his start under Hugh Freeze at Liberty. He is now the defensive line coach at Georgia. Former Alabama, this is crazy, former Alabama quarterback Freddie Roach <laughs> uh, got his start, though, as a um, an assistant coach there with, uh, with Hugh Freeze, as did Jeremy Garrett, who just left for a job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, uh, Coach has done a good job, as you can tell, by recognizing good young talent, and uh, all those guys are great coaches, uh, great recruiters. I've heard nothing but good things about each one of those guys, and uh, – I, again, I am very impressed with what what Coach Freeze did with this position and moving a young man up. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and and he will he has been very instrumental thus far in uh, Auburn's recruiting of the players in this class and beyond. 
And that's players. You know, we talked about Auburn having a big junior day this past week, and Jeremy Garrett was here working. Montrell was as well. So it's someone that the recruits are already very familiar with. Exactly. And, and Coach Freeze would not have hired him if he could not recruit and wasn't comfortable with his recruit with his recruiting, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Um, one other note from uh, from college football today that we haven't mentioned, ESPN announcing that Nick Saban is joining the game day crew. What do you think of that, Don? I think it's great. Uh, I'm like you, like you said earlier, I, I can't see him putting on a, a, a Rams <laughs> Yeah, we weren't head. on the air when yeah. I said that. I, I don't see him putting wearing the mascot in. I think that's a McAfee. McAfee will do oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he might knock him out during the show. So uh, yeah, he might. Yeah, but, but, but they're they, good buddies. They do seem to get along pretty well. I mean, Nick, Nick was on his show every, every week. Thursday. Yeah, every I could, week. I couldn't believe that. That should have been another sign. Coach was retired. Yeah, may may have been. <laughs> but I I think you know as far be great. as far as adding uh, analysis, there's yeah. no question. No, I think that he'll great. be able to do that. They're going to have to get another, build a bigger stage with all. Oh, yeah, guys. I wonder if they will all be back though. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, you, you, you got to wonder how long Lee will be. Yeah, yeah. will be Coach there. Uh, Corso. You know, he struggles sometimes, but what a great man! And uh, he's been a great ambassador for college tomorrow, football. Ask me tomorrow about a funny story about him. I'll okay. Tell you. I interviewed with him at Northern Illinois. Is that right? When I was a GA. That's a funny story. Oh, yeah. We will <laughs> we'll definitely get into that. Um, we need to get to our final break of the afternoon. We'll uh, look at, look at uh, other games around the SEC and give our thoughts on Auburn, Alabama. Again, tip-off coming up in less than 15 minutes over at Neville Arena. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. Yellowwood knows that a five-star